Last time on 10. And I've seen Black women get on there and whine and complain how nobody wants them. Nobody wants to marry them. Just the constant whining and complaining. Mm-hmm. And there are people out here who are predators, who are mm-hmm. preying upon their insecurities and mm-hmm. decided to make a dollar off it. And then you got the guys that saying the same stuff, well, y'all masculine, y'all manly. That's why nobody won't marry you. You know, even though these same men aren't married either. You know, why nobody why nobody don't have any masculinity glasses? Welcome back, welcome back everyone for another episode of 10 presented by Melling Media and hosted by yours truly, Tina. This podcast is about everything around you. In line with that, this week we've invited a returning special guest to discuss a personal favorite, millennials. Special guest, please reintroduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Shan. I am happy to be back. You guys may remember her from Blurreds. I should hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So once again, jumping in your business. What is the worst piece of advice someone has given you? Well, you know, I'm stubborn. I'm a Scorpio. Fixed sign, Mm. hard-headed. So I don't really take other people's advice. But that doesn't mean people don't give it. And usually the worst pieces of advice I find are the ones where people are, are usually centered around forgiveness. Mm. And, you know, and I have um, very strong feelings about the concept of forgiveness. Okay. I, I don't believe everyone deserves forgiveness, nor do I accept the falsehood that forgiveness is something that's done for the person who has been injured. Agreed. You know, and I, and you know, a lot of times people, when I tell people this and they say, oh, well, you know, it's not good for you. You can't have hate in your heart. And I'm just like, no, I can move on without forgiving people. It's, it's actually, you know, quite easy for me. I'll move on as if someone, you know, who wronged me doesn't even exist. I wish you no, no good in your life. <laughs> You're not getting forgiveness from me because a lot of the time when people are forgiven, First of all, they aren't sorry in the first place. Mm-hmm. And when they are forgiven, they take that as a sign that whatever they did wasn't so bad that they couldn't wasn't, be forgiven. Yeah, wasn't so they're that. just going to go back on and continue doing whatever harm they did in the first place. I agree. So I, everybody who knows, people who deal with me, we all have an understanding. Like, hey, you wrong me. If you do something to harm me, we will never, ever again be good. Like, we're never going mm-hmm. to be <clears throat> for. There are no second chances. No. You can't cross that line. You can't cross that line. Like, it, there's no coming back. We, we, we get a one and done. Yep. Because I will never trust you the same. I will never view you the same. It's, that's it. Why would I want you around me? Correct. <laughs> and, you know, and I hope, I would hope this doesn't need to be said, but I know people like to be obtuse sometimes about these kinds of things. So I'm going to clarify. This is not for like petty issues. Like this isn't like, oh, you stepped on my shoe. No. You stole the last piece of chocolate cake. I really, mm. no. These are things that are like something that you know is definitely a violation. Yeah. And we all know what those universal violations are. We do. But that, that, that's my stance on it. 
yeah, that that's usually the worst piece of advice when people are going on and on about being forgiving and why it's necessary and why you should forgive people who have wronged you. And I'm like, no, I, I don't believe in forgiveness. I believe in atonement. They yes. should atonement yep. for what they've done wrong, not forgiveness for me. We see completely eye to eye on this, like exactly the same. <clears throat> and, just, and this is all based on my life experience and something I observed a lot of the time is when I would see people and they're like, oh, you know, I forgive you you know, telling people that they forgive them. And I'm like, started noticing a pattern where the people who were supposed to be given the forgiveness, they weren't even fucking sorry. Yeah. Forgiving someone who doesn't even care that they've harmed you. They're not living with it. It's not keeping them up at night. Why are you absolving them of this? No, let them go through life knowing that there is no forgiveness for them. Whatever that means to them. If it means nothing, so be it. But you don't have to take that off of them if it's a burden for them good i agree 100%. maybe they'll maybe they'll be better mm-hmm. that's always what's in my mind even if that's not the case that's what's always on my mind may this be a lesson to you don't do this the next time you you know what i'm saying you encounter this person you know what i mean yeah that's that's my approach too because sometimes when people people have to learn those lessons the hard way and i am okay with being people's hard lesson me too okay so i guess let's just get right into it millennials i can't say that i am an expert (laughs) if you had to describe millennials in three words what would they be child we're trying (laughs) we are trying (laughs) and i don't mean trying like annoying i mean but we are trying we are trying to make a way in this world. We are trying to make a way for ourselves. We're trying to make a way for future generations. We're trying to improve conditions for our older generations. We are, you know, tenacious. We are largely optimistic, more optimistic than we should be given everything. But we are optimistic. We're hopeful. We're a hopeful bunch. You know, we want better for society as a whole. I see that just like in media and in my uh, encounters with millennials. Like I I see, I see that pattern. Yeah. And it's actually quite common when you talk to a lot of millennials, you'll notice that these are, you know, barring a few people who have like, you know, just general issues and that's going to be with any generation. Mm -hmm. Um, In, in terms of, you know, being uh, on one accord by and large, we are moving in lockstep, you know, with, what we want, what we want for others. We're not all focused on self. You know, we want good things for everybody, you know, and I know there's all, there's been propaganda. I've seen propaganda, millennial propaganda I've been seeing for the last 10, 15 years or so, you know, they call us entitled. We're the participation trophy generation. Mm-hmm. And, but what is often overlooked is the fact that we are entitled because we were told, hey, if you do this, then this is what the outcome will be. So we did what we were told we were supposed to do. And when we're like, okay, well, now it's, it's, it's your turn to live up to the bargain. And they're like, um, no, you're entitled. You don't get that. Largely, yeah. it's boomers, of course. But And it's funny, the claims of entitlement, because I, I kind of love watching peop- the monsters people create come back to, you know, like, you know, 
fuck with them mm-hmm. because you guys made millennials entitled. Correct. Like they, are the boomers, boomers were our parents, and that's what that's what a lot of if we are entitled, we are entitled because you raised us. And not just that, I'm talking about is in commercially, they put so much focus and attention and fucking thirst toward millennials for so long because they wanted money they wanted to catch y'all while you were young because they know that Mm -hmm. young people are influential and young people are uh joiners you will join this thing you know and so they wanted to catch you guys so early and because and you guys were such a are are such a large group that they were like yes we gotta have it so they've been kind of like putting you guys on a spotlight or on a pedestal for a very very long time and i mean they you guys were raised to expect a bunch of fucking attention and stuff and then now you want to call names you did it (laughs) correct they did and you know one of the biggest one of the biggest issues I have is with the names is, is that they are largely false and they're directing them at the wrong people. Like when they call us the participation, um, the participation trophy generation. First of all, we were not the ones asking for participation trophies. Our parents were because they wanted something that justified them getting up and taking us to activities. They wanted something for their kids. That is when the PTAs and the parent volunteers decided that all kids should get something for being there Hmm. because you know, good and damn well, boomers as parents were not listening to what the kids were saying. They were, they are the suck it up and deal with the generation. So if a kid was crying because they didn't get a trophy, they're going to say, Hey, you need to do better. Are you hosting an intimate event and need number one catering? Try Perfect Palette. Looking for an out-of-the-box experience? Try Perfect Palette's small bites option. How about a specialized gift? Try Perfect Palette Chef Experience. For all your catering needs and more, contact Chef Pearl at perfectpalette84 at gmail or on Instagram at perfectpalette84. Naturalistas. Keep your hair and scalp hydrated and your twist outs and curls popping with Seika Naturals handmade natural hair care products. Seika Naturals targets damaged and dry hair with our intense hydration collection that keeps your scalp moisturized and hydrated. Peppermint infusions and all natural oils and butters. Our products are available at www.sakernaturals.com. But wait, fellas, we didn't forget about you. Shop our Chaz Tees premium beard grooming products that promotes healthy, flourishing beards. Also available at sakernaturals.com. Participation trophy started. I know I don't remember them being a thing when I was in school all the way up to high school or through high school, but then I also went to kind of a not great high school so i don't know at better schools i don't know well well, i remember i really know when it started like once i was out of school i didn't really care about shit like that oh i remember and i remember my first time seeing like a participation trophy or seeing them being given and i was in about fifth or sixth grade i want to say and i was like what is i was like what is this what is this about what's this for and I'm like, oh, everybody gets one. And I'm like, everybody gets one for what? Oh, for for um for being a part of it. And I'm like, why? Like I remember these things. Okay. Because from my perspective, you know, I was a competitive ass child. And yeah, I had the biggest trophy, but I wanted you losers go home and you fucking suck it. You know. Oh yeah, I was a brat. I was a brat. I'm not gonna lie. I was a brat, I was a bratty child. But yeah, so the participation trophies, all of those things, they were not 
because we, the kids, wanted them. They were because our parents wanted something on their mantle. Now, all of the medals, every certificate, every trophy. Do you want to know who has mine? You want to take a guess? You want to take a guess at who has mine? My boomer mother. I don't have any. I it was I only got my prom glasses, you know. Well, because we you know we we I don't know why we get alcohol glasses at prom, but my prom glasses um, from her a few years ago. These were things that she was keeping, like they were her keepsakes. Like I put money into this, so these are my trophies. I attended this event, so th- these are my trophies. I paid for this, so these are my trophies. And that's a lot of boomer parents thinking that that's that's where it came from. We were not the ones requesting those participation trophies. They were our parents. And then when we got older, they were like, oh, this is what we, you know, once we started getting older and making our own way in the world, they were like, oh, you guys are the participation trophy generation. And it's like, no, you guys are the participation trophy generation because you're the ones who requested it. And they're the ones who have have those trophies now. I'm, okay. I would bet I would bet money that less than 30 percent of all millennials actually have the trophies and things that they got while in, you know, school or while competing for things. They are at the parents house. OK, so ju- social justice and whatnot, because I know that's like a big part of what I, I guess like the overall perception i guess of millennials is kind of centered around what type of shit are we caring about i mean i I think you touched on it a bit at the at the very top of the discussion but i mean like honestly millennials as a whole we care about everything and and i say that in a broad way but we're gonna narrow that down but we we care about the state of the world we care about our place in the world you know, we care about the world we're inheriting. You know, we care about the world we're going to leave behind for future generations. We care about all of these things because we understand that nothing exists in a vacuum. You know, addressing one issue like income inequality is only part of it. So we must address all of it. And, you know, we are actually faced with our own mortality because we are hurtling towards global catastrophe and most of us you know millennials even you know some gen xers we are going to be alive for it you know we're not going to die of old age before it gets here so we're wanting we're wanting close we're very close and if we are going to go out we at least want to have like a good life like we're trying to prevent catastrophe and if we can't prevent catastrophe, we want to at least have like a good life, you know, before it all ends. Yeah. And we want other people to have a good life, but there's so little goodness in the world. And we're just trying to spread as much of that as we can. But it is hard because the boomers will not get out of the fucking way. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. People are going to get tired of hearing me talking shit about boomers. But They're going to get tired of hearing me talking shit about boomers. But they have I mean, my thing. It's part of my charm. i mean but a lot of the issues that we're faced with they they are the ones who have been sitting in i mean at least in the u.s they've been ones in sitting in congress the longest they're the ones holding the most power they are refusing to relinquish any of it they don't want to fix anything but they also don't want to step aside so others can fix it right 
because yeah. as far as they're concerned, they won't be here for it. So they don't care. Exactly. That's what people are failing to understand, I think, because they talk so much about um, family and their children and their grandchildren and their it's, children. You don't give a shit about that. They care about themselves and they know that they will not be here to see it all end. They're actually yeah. banking on it. Okay. So uh, building safe spaces. What the hell does that mean? What does that look like? I mean, safe spaces are just, um, ideally, they are a space where you can go and it's like a warm little cocoon where you're not assaulted by things that will be traumatic. Does this mean you're in, you know, like a rainbow village like or living with the caribou? No, it just means you are somewhere where you are feeling safe and free to be you and not feeling as if someone is going to attack you either physically or verbally at any given time or like you're going to be crushed under the weight of you know biting your tongue or having to deal with you know emotional things or any any type of triggers you know in safe spaces you know people like to try and shit on millennials and be like oh you know you need a safe space you need a safe space as if it's because we're soft and it's like you know if you're nobody wants to play in a toxic waste dump 24 yeah we need we need a reprieve and i'm seeing a lot more of you know a lot more people are walking away from toxicity in general whether it's you know because of in family familial relationships romantic relationships in the workplace a lot of people are just saying you know what i'm not doing this you know, we're seeing people striking because they want better working conditions. We're seeing people mm-hmm. saying, you know what? I'd rather be single than in this shitty relationship. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people who are saying, you know what? We have generational issues within our family, but I'm not I'm not passing it on to my kids. And I'm not going to let you people continue traumatizing me. So I'm going to keep my distance. Yes. And I love that. I love that for everybody. Do what's especially going- the last one you hit on, especially that one, like recognizing the family issues that you have and making a hard decision that it stops here. Like, love that part. And I because- see millennials online t- uh, posting about stuff like that a lot. And I love it. It's necessary, you know, and it's not easy being the one who says, you know, who's, it's not easy being the one who stands up and says, hey, you know, this is not okay. This is not yeah. right. But somebody has to do it. Yeah, and, and then you're the one who has to do all the initial work. Like, that's tough. It is. It's tough, but at the same time, it's rewarding because you have to, you, on the one hand, it's like, hey, do I just deal with it and just, you know, stick with the status quo, even though this is literally crushing my spirit? Or do I try and break away from it and just try and and find myself a sliver of happiness? And that's pretty much where we are, you know, as a generation. That's where we are going as a society. And you and I have talked about this. And I've, you know, when I send you things and I'm like, I love that people are moving away from it, from, you know, the toxic bullshit. And people are calling out boomers for the world that they've built. Mm -hmm. Like this, because, you know, yeah people like i don't think people really go hard enough on boomers like they just you know a lot of see them as just oh they're just grumpy old people and it's like no they Mm -hmm. are they are it's far worse than that they are 
far more malicious than that. Mm-hmm. It's deeper it, than them just being grumpy old people. Oh my gosh, that's such an oversimplification of something way more terrible. Like, oh my gosh, exactly. that's, like they, that they makes me mad when I see stuff like that. Exactly, and it's it's and especially when people are you know bemoaning for a bygone era, and they're like, oh, you know what's going on with this generation and why is this generation so I'm like why do you think this this generation is fucked up like the only reason you think this generation is um problematic is because you have fallen prey to boomer propaganda they're pointing fingers at everybody because they don't want anybody pointing fingers at them no yeah. they are the ones that created this and now yeah. that we're saying hey you know we don't want what you guys are selling us or trying to force on us we don't want that and they're just looking at it as if we are just children you know complaining you know as if we don't want to do our chores and it's like no that's not it like hey workplace harassment that should have never been okay sexual harassment should have never been okay you know like and you see a lot of older men on the whenever like there are um, me too posts and they're talking like oh you know it would be hard to be a man in, in, in this world, you know, and, you know, with, with these yeah. people now. And it's like, um, imagine being a woman who, you, you know, you're trying to focus on your career and advance on your career. And, you know, you have a boss who is sexually harassing you and you know it's the same anywhere you go, but you need your job. You love your career and your boss knows this. They know you rely on that income. So it's a power thing for them as well. But, you know, you can't accept their advances because that may not work out for you, but you can't openly reject them because then they're going to harass you in another way. It's like you're stuck a rock in a hard place at all times. Exactly where they want you. Exactly where they want you, because that 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 puts them in a position that, well, they're already in a position of power, but it keeps them. Mm -hmm. Seals the deal. And it seals the deal. It tips the scales even more in their favor. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and they're, that's something that they're afraid of. And it's like, if you're not sexually harassing women, there's nothing to be afraid of. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, what's wrong with me complimenting a woman? You know, the okay. women that I work with, are you complimenting the men that you work with? Exactly. If you're not complimenting the men you work with the same, then it's not as harmless as you're saying it is. Exactly. Keep it on the fucking playground. Correct. You're not going to work to be finding your next fucking screw or your next wife. Like you're there to work. And that was what a lot of them did. You know, it was like, um, I'm, you, I think you watched Mad Men a little bit, but you know, I loved Mad Men because I love that fashion era. Me too. But, and, and they stayed true to the times and it was, you know, it's full, like the show is good. <laughs> not gonna lie Dondre brain shit but it's such a good show and they really did a good job of keeping with the times and showing how things actually were and it wasn't just them over glamorizing that time period you know like they showed how if a woman got pregnant like her her job was at risk mm-hmm even if she got pregnant for someone in the office, like if she got pregnant, a woman got pregnant for someone in the office, she'd lose her job, but he's getting, you know, handshakes and promotions. Yeah. You know, and so many men just hate that they can no longer do that to women. But that was the world that boomer boomers built. And, you know, a lot of the time they're whining because they can no longer 
have that kind of power. Yep. They're, they're not free to just openly be trash with Correct. no type of pushback whatsoever. They can't stand that shit. They can't even stand just being called out on something privately, let alone like cancel culture coming for that ass. Like they can't take anything like so super overly sensitive, but so fucking aggressive to like very mm-hmm. strange group of people. Exactly. Basically they're, they're the people who are extremely aggressive they want to be able to say and do whatever they want to say and do to whomever they want to say and do it to but don't you dare tell people what they have said and done bullies correct so these safe spaces uh, do you think do you think they're working or or that they're effective i think they can be effective if they are um properly controlled because you know like when we look at safe spaces um i i think a lot of the time i think in terms of like online communities mm-hmm, me too and what happens is whenever people who aren't of those of the same mind like whenever people aren't like-minded for whatever reason they want to bombard these places that are meant to be safe spaces because they want to troll like they want to spread yes. their nastiness their vitriol they want mm-hmm. to to go out and find just a, a crop of people to harass for no reason other than they are miserable and they want to make other people miserable and they want to upset people yep and this is why i don't i show no mercy to trolls never will (laughs) if someone told me that a troll that i that a troll that i you know struck back at killed himself i wouldn't care one bit i wouldn't either honestly i've tried to care but i i I don't know i've not tried I've tried to care. I've tried to care. I told you that I've been working on my apathy or trying to. (laughs) I've tried to care. Didn't work for me. I think trolls get what they get. They get what they they get what they deserve. Um, And I'm going to, you know, go at them guns blazing because I know what they're doing. But yeah, this is this is why safe spaces can be a blessing and a curse because sometimes they are good spaces for support but then sometimes they can be a magnet for for trolls especially Mm -hmm. if they're not heavily monitored yeah and if they're not monitored and you know just a few even just a few slip in they can do irreparable harm to vulnerable people and this is why i do not show mercy to trolls and you shouldn't and i don't either and you know i'm glad you brought that up because I'm noticing a lot of um, internet personalities, brands, YouTubers, whatever, they're taking their platform off of social media and developing their own platform. And they actually have me like thinking about it myself, like developing an app. But a lot of people are doing that because either they don't feel their content is safe on these social media platforms or a lot of them are getting run off um, because their comment sections are just out of control. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and I see it a lot. Like there are, um, I follow like recipe pages, right? And I'll give you just an example of people. And no matter, there are several that I follow. There's one in particular, um, the recipe critic or something like that. But she posts a lot of, she usually posts a lot of sweets, right? 
And every time she posts, I kid you not, there's always some goddamn Karen on there saying, <laughs> um, you know, if she posts something with da- with dairy, they're like, well, I'm lactose intolerant. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, but I didn't post this for you. Um, make the necessary adjustments. Okay. <laughs> you know, or, you know, like people come and they, like she makes her post about her recipes and people come from wherever and just comment. And are rude to her. And it's like, why are you following this lady's page? <laughs> and I kid you not, it's n- never anything political. Literally just recipes. All recipes. All the time. And this is because... He- <laughs> yes, and I'll sometimes screenshot. And I'm like, look at this crazy-ass person. <laughs> like, And it'll be the, the, the weirdest thing i think like if she posts for caramel sauce somebody be like well i prefer chocolate and oh my God. like just any little thing any y'all little thing really out here doing that y'all really out here doing that <laughs> and it, it and it's so terrible and the fortunately the people who follow her page regularly have started you know kind of um calling calling these people and they call them out and they they essentially make fun of them on the posts good leave people the fuck alone this is a recipe if you don't like her recipes you can you can unfollow the page you don't even have to do that you can just okay move on to the next video maybe i like the 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 next recipe they post what the fuck is wrong with people that you have to be so overly reactive like god damn you have to like every single thing was this this lady was upset because the person referred to oat milk as oat milk. And she was like, it's not milk because it doesn't come from a cow. Okay. And she was like, well, she was like, well, I'm sorry, but I did not name it oat milk. I'm just calling it what, what it is. She's like, what would you like me to call it? Whatever what you, like you like. Like, you know, that's crazy. Like, oh, no. The lady, the, lady, the lady who made the video asked her what she wanted her to call it. Yeah, the lady who posted the recipe was like, well, what do you want me to call it? If you don't want to say, <laughs> like, you know, it's called oat milk. Like that's what I understand that it's not coming from an animal. But she's like, I'm not the one who created this name and called it that. I'm just calling it what the label says it is. Like just and it's always something so bizarre and so random. And you're just like and I'm just like, oh my God. A lot of these people need help. They need therapy. Because there is I I don't understand how a recipe is making you this upset. Because it's quite, it's not like it's it's not like it's a recipe page where she's like, you know, sneaks in political stuff or anything. It's literally just recipes, all recipes, all the time. People need someone to pick on a lot of time. And that's probably why they choose her because it's somebody that they know isn't going to rail on their ass. Correct. (laughs) But but to your point about why people are leaving platforms, that's a big part of why and um, a lot of these social media platforms, Facebook in particular is one that I have in mind, they're not doing enough to get rid of these people who are harassing others. Yep. I know, you know, I left Facebook very right. proud of myself, very proud of myself. And I am not looking back. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> but we know they have a vested interest in keeping all of these, um, these negative 
people, these assholes on the platform because they like to keep people worked up and, and angry because they know when people are arguing, they're going to keep going back and forth and that's more more traffic for them and, and, and you know, more traffic means more ad revenue. They get to push more stuff to you. This is why when the angry reacting to posts gets more views. Yeah, they want you on that thing for hours upon hours. Right. They want Reading you to your entire day. day on there if you can. Correct. They want you on there all day. And they know people are more likely to spend their time on there all day arguing than they are laughing. And this is why I unfollow a lot of people. Like if you're sharing a bunch of, you know, BS content or content from people saying, you know, that's that's just a bunch of like negativity. I, you're like sharing it like, oh, people need to know. And it's like, I already know that. Right. I don't need- why are you hoping this person go viral? Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. that, you know? And this is a big thing with like, I guess the millennial, a big part of what millennials are moving towards just as a whole. Like we're, we're, we want to feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm with you guys there. Like we want to feel good. There's so little joy and just, just pure joy and happiness in this world. Like we reached adulthood and we just keep getting hit mm-hmm. with like, or before we even reach adulthood, we just get keep getting hit with blow after blow, setback after setback. You know, all of these promises going unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever we're told, "Hey, do this thing, and it should work out this way," we do the thing. But then, when it's the other person, the other party's turn to fulfill their end of the agreement, then it's, "Oh no, we got to move this goalpost again." Mm-hmm. And this has been happening to us. You know, since essentially since, you know, we became adults since college, since high school, whatever, it it keeps happening. And now they are on this whole kick where they're like, oh, hey, you know, millennials, you shouldn't expect to get paid for your time. Excuse me. I sh- we shouldn't expect to get paid for our time. We shouldn't expect to get paid when we go to work. At no time in history has that ever been a thing. Correct. So we <laughs> should expect. And then this is this is another one of their. Oh, millennials are so entitled. They're so entitled. They expect to get paid when they work. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You know? So much entitlement. Like, how dare you? How dare you want to be paid? How dare you want to have, you know, you know, a, a sufficient paycheck? You have mm-hmm. some damn nerve wanting to be able to thrive. So I've that, been... Problem. I've been seeing a lot of... um the purchasing power of millennials because it will like based on you guys's age, it looks like you guys are about stepping into your purchasing prime, like really soon. <laughs> and, and with you guys being this humongous group of people that is like promising as far as like the economy goes in my eyes, but at the same time, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird to even try to predict, especially with things going the way that they're going right now. And then looking at, yeah, you guys are a huge group, mm-hmm. but not a terribly well paid group. Correct. Right? That that and that that is that is the rub. Mm-hmm. We are a huge group. We are a huge group. How do you guys typically tend to make money? I'm seeing a lot of millennials who are, you know, I I went the corporate route. You know, I work for a software company. 
Um, before that, I was in hospitality. I'm a very career oriented person, but I see a lot of pe- a lot of millennials who are very happy with um, doing their own businesses or pursuing their personal interests. I don't really know anyone who's personally doing um, the ride shares and, and the DoorDash, the Amazon things. But I'm sure there are many. I don't. I just don't know everybody's business. I don't mm-hmm. ask people about their business. I don't ask them about their money because then it, people want to. People think when you start talking to them about money that they can ask you for money. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have those I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I hope it's working out for you. But you know, so. As a whole, a lot of the millennials are severely underpaid. And mm-hmm. the problem, a big problem is that we are, you know, as a whole, we are just trying to make ends meet because mm-hmm. we are so underpaid. We are not getting cost of living adjustments. Inflation is happening. The cost of everything is going up. Our wages are staying the same. But then not only that, we deal with also, we deal with a significant amount of wage theft, you know? I think wage theft is, you know, the largest amount of theft, you know, in the U.S. But so we deal with a lot of wage theft. And, you know, a lot of millennials are working multiple jobs. And I've been very fortunate in that I've never had to work more than one job at a time to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. But I know that is not the reality for many people. Yeah. And I know people aren't working multiple jobs because they, it's fun for them. They're doing it because oh, no. they do. And that's, that's the reality of it for a lot of millennials. And, you know, when you're doing all of this extra work and you're tired and you don't have anything to put into yourself and you're still just barely making it, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have the potential to have a significant purchasing power but that's only if our wages come up significantly right which they're they they are not going to do that at all they're not no, i wish they would and i wish people just would just fucking look at the potential of that and well, how it's going to benefit us all but people don't they, want that people want other people to suffer you know Gen X, I think, uh, Gen X, you know, I love y'all. Y'all one of those tricky ones because the older, <laughs> yep. the older Gen X moves like boomers. Big lockstep. <laughs> lockstep. But the younger Gen X, mid-younger Gen X, tends to be more in line with millennials. Yeah. So if we are, if we do work, it's going to be younger Gen X and millennials. Yeah. Yep. I've noticed that's who listens to this podcast too. It's just a bunch of zennials for the most part, like people from like Gen X and millennials. Yeah, like thirty five to like thirty five to forty five is like my sweet spot. <laughs> that's where it's like a big jump in the graph. <laughs> yeah, because we're you know we're we're a lot of us are past the point of playing the childish games, and we're like, look, we need to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Are you helping? It- or are you going? Like, what are you doing? We need to make a decision. I mean, yeah, but then, I we have, then we have Gen Z and behind them is Gen Alpha. And Gen, Gen Alpha is just, they're too young. They're not, they're babies. Yeah. Gen no, Z, Gen Z is also, mm, goddamn Gen Z, Zoomers. That's why they're called, they're <laughs> called Zoomers because they are very much like 
boomers, <coughs> their, their ideologies and what they value. I was hoping, you know, some of them are radical. I will say that. Some of them are radical. The ones on the cusp with millennials yep. are more radical. Younger ones, the ones that are like, you know, mid-teens, mid early 20s, those, mm, no. They, 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 are, they, they have earned the name of Zoomers. Very yeah, superficial, like very it. superficial, um, vapid little, Yeah. All I can hope is that like maturity might straighten them out. I don't have a whole lot of hope for it. I'm not going to lie. I used to really fuck with Gen Z until I started seeing through the bullshit. And now I'm just like, wow. <laughs> but I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith that anything is going to straighten them out. I think that they're just going to end up rolling this uh, country back into in time. But um, correct. who knows? Like I said, I, I hope that maturing you know straightens them out but i, I don't know they, they're rolling with the wrong team right. and they don't but even like them they don't even like each other right boomers don't do not like anybody younger any young they don't even like each other for fuck's nope. sake but it's going to take for it's what it's going to take is for millennials you know gen y gen x that's millennials and gen x <laughs> why don't y'all have a special name <laughs> We're nobody, okay? <laughs> y'all are very special. Because y'all, so, y'all, y'all are y'all Gen X is the reason millennials, you know, are going so hard, but we don't get into that. But Gen X, Gen Y, so that's Gen X and Millennials, well, X and Yals, largely, are gonna yeah. be the one to fix it, and then Gen Z is gonna come back come behind us and likely fuck it up, and then our kids, Alpha are going to have to like, well, not yours because you don't want kids, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're going to have to likely try and fix it or curb them. But if yeah. we get to a good place, Gen Z would be foolish to fuck it up. They might not fuck it up until they're much older or until we're out of the picture. That's what I'm hoping that this shit happens. And that's what I'm banking on, actually, is that this shit happens once I mean, because, I'm too well, old to care. Well, the interesting thing is, that they are not particularly po politically involved. That's the thing. And that's what I was going to get at, too, is because just like right now, you know, that's who holds the powers, the old people. So by the time they're old, hopefully I'll be out this motherfucker. <laughs> but they're, they are not, they're not particularly um, politically motivated. Um, they may not become motivated until they're much older. But, but by then... I think Gen Alpha is going to be curb stumping them. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's because hope. Nobody needs that bullshit. Alpha is being raised by Gen X and Millennial. Yeah, which is so bizarre as fuck because it's like Gen X, why the fuck are you still having babies? Why? <laughs> I'm going to mind my business. Hey, sometimes people, people wait, you know, later and like, it's, it is okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be them. It'll be them. They'll be the ones trying to undo any progress it'll be gen it'll be zoomers that's, if any that's my prediction yep ever since my opinion shifted on them that has been my prediction that they are going to roll us back in time of course because, and and you can see it with what they idolize and what they're worshiping because i'm seeing a lot of them who are rushing headfirst into getting married right out of high school and having you know 
kid like four kids before they're even 20 and and really rushing headfirst into that 1950s bullshit mm-hmm. you know just the the because they're wrapped up in the ideals of you know how a lot of boomers and like you know yeah you know we were married for 50 years and so on like the, the, those kinds of relationships mm-hmm. and gen x and gen y had largely gotten away from it because we're we see that it's most of the time it's just toxic. Time does not mean that the relationship is solid. Mm-hmm. There have been many, many bad marriages that have stood the test of time. Yeah. So that means nothing. But they want they want that. They want that look. They want the the appearance. They want the facade. They want the step for wife look. They want they that's what they want. Ugh. That's what they want. But that's large. That's my beef with them. But it's not yeah. all Zoom. We, no, we no, we, it's not. It's not. You know, it's not our skin folk. <laughs> yeah, and just like I mean, like I said, I I've already told y'all boomers. I know a few of y'all listen that if the way I go in on boomers is too much for you and you can't listen no more, I totally fucking get it because I be going in. But even with the should I talk about boomers obviously I'm not talking about every fucking obviously. I'm not talking about every Gen Zer, but just by and large people by and fucking large by large yes and they got some they got some work to do and maybe it's immaturity we can say it's not but let's just say maybe it's immaturity and grow out of it we can hope I hope so but I'm not really hopeful me either me either yeah, because they they were too eager to take up that you know anti millennial BS and join forces with boomers, and I'm like, and when I first saw it, and I'm like, wait, boomers don't like me. That blew me when I saw that. I was like, yo, and yeah, just like what you were about to say, boomers don't like y'all. But when I realized that Gen Z was going at millennials, I was like, what the fuck is this? Where is that? This is not cool. Yeah, but it's because they want they want boomers to feel to they it's kind of like when you know the loser kid wants to seem like they're one of the popular kids and they're like oh yeah well one of the kids that they think is popular before they realize that the popular kids are all fucked up and they're like oh yeah and they, so they do anything to get along with that person and they, mm-hmm. they don't even realize that the popular kids don't even like them mm-hmm. that's, that's a situation it's like, you have, common, like you have more in common with the millennials than you do with with the boomers way more and how they could not see that is like blowing my mind but it's all about the facade they want the image that the boomers had you know years and years ago that lifestyle that they had you know lifestyle sucks ask boomers Mm -hmm. that's why they're so damn miserable yeah because even with all the fucking money they were the last ones who were really able to attain the American dream as a as as a whole as a generation, yeah, absolutely and still fucking miserable. Yeah, and that says something about you. I'm sorry. Like, it's- how much is enough, and how much do you need, and how much does does everybody else have to do without before you can smile? God damn. Well, it's not about that. They they just want everybody else to be as miserable as they are, and I mean, but that's part of my question. How much misery? For everybody else, how much does everybody else have to go without for it to be enough for you motherfuckers? You know what I mean? Because you you already got the world going without. You already got all of your shit. 
Like, why the fuck are you still a miserable bitch? It's not enough. They want to make sure it's kind of like they just want to watch the suffering and they want to, they like they relish in the fact that they are largely responsible for it. It's a control thing. It's a power play. Yes. Hey, all you know, of what you, you said. Like, basically, you know, even in the workplace, they won't retire yes. because they like, they like take, you know, I'm in this position and you can't get rid of me. I'm not leaving because I know someone better is probably going to come in here and fix everything that I like to keep fucked up. The workplace is probably going to be better without me, but damn, if I'm going to step aside, like they don't want things to improve when they're no. gone. No. They like to be there spreading their misery and their toxicity. Yes. I have dealt with so many Karens uh, over, like over the past two years, I've dealt with so many fucking Karens on the work, on the, uh, <clears throat> at the workplace fucking ridiculous i'm like you bitches are really fucking miserable and it's a lot of you hoes <laughs> it really there there are a lot of them like i think i've told you the story about when i was working at jc penny and i would work there on breaks and it was a christmas break and there was one christmas song you know that i that i liked that would always make me laugh at a cer- at certain points and I worked in ladies lingerie and I was fixing the table and they had these like mirrored walls. And I saw this white woman, she comes up the escalator and I saw her before she saw me, but she looks unhappy. So I'm just going on about my business because she was headed towards kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm facing the mirror and then a part of the song goes on, you know, the part that I laugh at plays. And then I laugh. She looks, makes a beeline to me. Why are you smiling? I was like, what? Because it was such a bizarre question. I'm like, what? Who who asked someone? When she was like, why are you smiling? And I was like, <laughs> I laughed in her face and went and got my manager. Girl, don't I miss. Do. I don't know what your deal is, but I don't need this job. This is my holiday money. This is my gift money. I'm not paying bills. People are so fucking strange. You're having a bad day and you think you're going to come and take it out on me? Take that shit home. Take it home. Take it somewhere else. But I'm smiling. You're you're in real like it was one of the most bizarre encounters I've ever had with a person. And I'm one of those people that if you ask me something that I'm not expecting, I'm going to laugh. And so I did, and I laughed in her face twice. And she had that look like she's gonna tell my manager. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get my manager before she says that. And that's all what happened. And my manager was just like rolling her eyes like. Yeah, that was she was downstairs. She wanted to return something downstairs, and they told her she had to go upstairs. Oh, so yeah, so she was she was she was. Mhm. But that's where the return area was. It was upstairs. You can't return anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. The returns were in customer service, and customer service was upstairs. So, as like I'm sure everybody has noticed, millennials, very discontent generation. How can we make millennials happy? Honestly, it won't take much. It really wouldn't take all like we're not even asking for boomers to fix shit at this point. We just just step aside and let us do it. Stop being roadblocks. That's it. That is it. All we want is just we want actual progress. You know, that's that's it. That's all it's going to take for us to be happy is for a lot of the fucking a lot of boomers need to just step aside. <laughs> Just step aside, step aside, step off a cliff, whatever, whichever one, 
Whichever one works for him. You know, there's no disagreement on my end there. Just, you know, as a generation, like we've, 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 you know, learned to manage our expectations, honestly, at this point. Mm-hmm. And the only reason there aren't riots in the street is because we have become, we have learned to accept so little. Yes. I mean, with the, with the numbers we have, like our numbers are on par with boomers and mm-hmm. enough of us aren't right. Ra- there aren't enough of us that are radical and that are pissed off about the condition of things and the state of the world. Oh, and I would like to quickly note, too, I'm glad you said that, because I find it hilarious that boomers are huge like y'all, but Gen X is itty bitty, but boomers want y'all to have a ton of kids. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't like that. I don't like that whole fucking trying to get motherfuckers to do shit that you didn't do. Well, you have to keep in mind, well, but a lot of millennials have boomer parents, right? Yeah. So so when we decided that, hey, you know what? We're not having kids. We don't want to have kids. Our parents, the boomers, saw that as us rejecting them and their ideologies. My bad. I got I got you off. Uh, where was I? I got you off topic of that last thing I just asked you. I hate when I do that. Oh, um, oh yeah. Well, how can we not, make millennials happy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Like I said, just, they just we just need actual progress, and for that to happen, boomers just need to step aside. That's literally it. Just step aside. Like we're not like just do nothing. Just stop. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're not telling you to go to the streets and to do anything or to fix anything. Just stop being roadblocks. Yeah, destroying shit too. Exactly. Hell, they don't even have to stop destroying. Just I stop. Prefer. <laughs> Just, I mean, I would prefer it if they stopped destroying it, but you know, there's some miserable people, so we can't really expect that from them. If they would, but if they would just stop being, you know, hindrances to progress, we could get a, we can get things done, and we can go go a lot further. Because it's not enough for them. It's not enough that they destroy things. They also stop progress. No, I was saying in conjunction with what you said. I wasn't saying in place of. Oh no, I know, I know. I'm just saying I'll take either. I'll take either whichever whichever one they're capable of. <laughs> and I usually, you know, I feel like you know the path of least resistance is for them to just not do anything. Because how easy is it to just not do anything? Mm-hmm. Go your ass home and take a nap there. Get just get out the way. Mm-hmm. You know that. I would take that. Just, just anything, you know, but as we said, they won't, they won't because as a generation, they are a miserable bunch of people and, mm-hmm. you know, they seek to make as many people miserable as they possibly can. And this includes their own children. It includes their own grandchildren. It includes strangers. They don't care. They, they want to spread that misery you know, it's kind of like how when um, the restaurants and things closed because of COVID, right? And they were demanding that these things open back up. And you would think that once their restaurants started to open back up, that they would at least be nice to the servers and the mm-hmm. staff. No, nope. no, nope. They were even nastier to them because they don't care about this. They just wanted people to abuse. And for them, 
they they boomers take on this the customer is always right mindset and we know how terrible those people are when when people think that the people who think the customer is always right they're always the worst customers you're ever going to see in your life and that is their mindset so they have no problem going out and abusing retail workers abusing the wait staff that was the only reason they wanted everything open back up because they wanted a way to spread their misery it was killing them not being able to abuse the wait staff and not having that access you would think would have made them better and it didn't it did not they were they were just as awful no appreciation and they're also the main ones you know online saying oh no one wants to work here i went to this restaurant and it was closed because no one wants to work anymore and then I, and i'll i'll reply to them i'm like well you go work there that's always my reply you go work there that's the best answer to the problem best solution to the problem you go work there if it's if it's if it's such a great job yeah you apply for exactly this position at exactly this location you go exactly you go work there but they they know because they're not out of touch they are fully aware of what it what comes with it but they feel like they don't want they don't want to have to deal with each other or people who are like them they know they couldn't hack it so to make millennials happy is essentially just for boomers to step aside. Yes. Step aside, die, whichever, whichever works for them. Okay. I hear that. <laughs> just, just get out of the way. That's it. Just get out of our way. Okay. Well, that's all that I had on this topic. We've been going for a while now. Um, is there any like final thought that you wanted to get before we cut or did we pretty much cover it? No, uh, well, there is, I do have a fine, I did have a, you know, my, my final thought, you know, cause you know, we, we did talk about a lot and I just want to, I got to give a shout out to Gen X. Hey, <laughs> you know, Gen X, you know, Gen X gets ignored a lot and, you know, and it's easy, I suppose, quote, easy for that to happen because, like I said, a, the older ones fell in lockstep with the boomers. So people have a hard time separating the, that the generation from that point. Yeah. And then the younger ones fell in with millennials. Mm-hmm. But the younger Gen Xers, these are our older siblings, our older cousins, our aunts. Some of us have mothers who are, you know, the younger, the younger Gen Xers. And they're the ones who really um, radicalized us. You know, they're the ones who radicalized the millennials. They're the ones largely responsible for our progressive millennial mindset as a generation, especially when you have the, the, the younger Gen Xers who really couldn't push back against the boomers and the older Gen Xers who fell in lockstep with the boomers. You know, the I younger guess. ones, the younger uh, ones. About a whopping 10 of us. (laughs) Right. The younger ones, they just, you know, they just had to keep their heads down. You know, they they clocked the toxic shit happening, whether it's at home, in school, in the workplace. And then they turned to, you know, their millennials, you know. I don't want to say millennial pet. That sounds like, (laughs) because it's not pets. But they turned to their, you know, they they turned to their, you know, millennial little sister, little cousin, Mm -hmm. niece, Mm -hmm. nephew what have you and they were like you know they taught us the ropes like how to identify this what needs to happen and you know what what the chain of events and to to break away from the toxicity and they taught us that 
the a lot of the crap that was happening just wasn't okay. So the reason so many millennials are radicalized and we're able to navigate these spaces and demand these changes is because of, you know, Gen X, you know, and people like to say that millennials were the last generation to experience life and childhood before the big technology boom and before the recession and, you know, before that big housing bubble burst. And but they often forget that Gen X was there, too. And Mm -hmm. Gen X experienced a lot of this, you know, as preteens and young adults and, you know, who, who had less resources and they had less of a capacity. You know, we we were in a position where we had less of a capacity to comprehend what were happen- what was happening. But Gen X was able to really understand, you know, mm-hmm. and comprehend that's what was great. happening. That that kind of compounds the trauma a bit when yeah, you actually great. understand what's happening. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're not as insulated because when you're a child, your parents are going to protect you from from these things. That's their duty. But when you're a teen, there's only so much they can do to keep these things concealed. You're going to hear conversations. You're going to connect the dots. You're going to know what these words mean. But you know what? So that's why I'm always in, you know, I'm always in solidarity with my exennials. Yeah. Like, they're some of my favorite people. So shout out Gen X. <laughs> I fucks with you. And while we're shouting out Gen X, I have to say... Um, I was definitely largely um, radicalized, as you say, by a now 50-year-old Gen Xer. So, mm-hmm. you know, so like, not just, you know, um, zennials. Um, you, you, you still have some good quality Gen Xers that are a little older than that. And I'll, I don't want to um, leave them out at all because like one right now that's coming to my mind, my aunt was very influential in my life and like how my worldview shaped. Mm-hmm. Like there's all, there's always a mixture. Yeah. So I at least wanted to make sure that I show some love to somebody, especially somebody like that, who was, you know, very heavy in my development. So, yeah. So yeah. We fucked with your next. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for stopping by my little show for another episode. Thank you for having me, even though we went, I think we went longer than we were supposed to. Yeah, I'll figure something out. It's okay. And it's always (laughs) a pleasure having you here and you are welcome anytime. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Be sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, we're blogging now. Posts will be loosely based on each week's topic. Head over to Twitter for the link. While you're at it, join the convo. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast 10. (laughs) 